This week on the Crossroads podcast, we will be delving into two historical films that discuss survival under horrible adverse conditions. We'll be looking at 2002's The Pianist and 1988's Grave of the Fireflies. I'm Ryan, one of your hosts. And I'm Rob, the other host. And uh, do you want to start with the older one, Grave of the Fireflies? Yeah, I, I think that's a good choice because we got a lot to say about The Pianist. We do. Uh, Grave of the Fireflies is a Studio Ghibli film. It uh, came out in 1988 as a companion piece to My Neighbor Totoro, and they could not be more different films aside from both being uh, Studio Ghibli films. It's about a young brother and sister who are in Japan during the, the end of World War II, and they are trying to survive. Yeah, so I didn't know it was a companion to Totoro, because I know Totoro is the movie that got Ghibli kind of off the map, and seeing this after Totoro, they're completely different. Totoro Totoro is a family movie. It's two, two young kids and the father meet a magical creature, and this is a devastating tale of survival. Yeah. It, uh, I'm not sure if they were planned that way. They were just released that way. Mm-hmm. And it's... I can see why, because you'd want something a little more uplifting to kind of counteract this film, which is very good, just mm-hmm. brutal. Yeah, it's it's not a happy movie. No. Um, there's a lot of, I really liked about it. I'm not sure it's a thing I will go back and visit anytime soon, mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's, it's pretty intense. But I liked the art style as all ghibli films are is fantastic yeah their hand-drawn animation painted backgrounds and everything looks beautiful yeah it's kind of what ghibli's known for yeah one thing i noticed is that um there's not a whole lot of black in this like even the 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 outside lines are more like a brown color Mm -hmm. it didn't look as distinct and i think that was on purpose it was very cool uh, yeah, Ghibli movies tend to pop. They're very bright and vibrant. And I think they they went more with that in this movie because it's such a bleak story. Yeah. And, you know, the tar- tar- yeah, target art audience for Ghibli movies are kids and, like, preteens. They're all animated movies and they all tell a compelling story, mainly starring young children. Yeah. And seeing that in this devastating like story just these two kids surviving you gotta brighten it up somehow yeah it's um you know the movie's been out for about 30 years but i still feel like people should go in blind so we're not really discussing too much of the plot although to be fair it's more of like a tone poem than anything else it feels like it's a series of events that Mm -hmm. are more about the emotion than they are about the actual plot yeah that's a really good way to describe this movie because it's more of a character drama than a plot. You get you get the whole plot in the first, I want to say, 20 minutes. And yeah. then these characters are on their own for the next hour. Yes. Um, yeah, that's that's a really good way of putting it. The, uh, the thing that, or one of the things I really liked about it was that it makes no apologies for being a very Japanese film. It doesn't really hold your hand. Like, mm-hmm. if you don't know what's going on in terms of history tough it's just gonna continue on without you yeah and that's bold i mean granted it's made for japanese audiences but it's still bold 
It came out in the USA a year after the Japanese release. So I wonder if the initial dub had any changes to it. Because I'm pretty sure the dub I watched was a second dub. Yeah, I, I watched it on Hulu and I watched the dubbed version. I don't know which version. I didn't recognize any of the actors. Although the the actor playing uh, Saita sounded a lot to me like Elijah Wood. Which yeah. reminded me of Over the Garden Wall. Over but, the Garden Wall is a masterpiece. <laughs> but yeah, I would I would I, not be surprised if this was an influence on that. Yeah, I watch a lot of animes and I recognize a lot of these uh, dub actors from various other animes. And it, it, yeah, it's not really any major actors. I know a lot of newer Ghibli releases have big A-list actors. Like Princess Mononoke has Billy Bob Thornton in it. Huh. And... I think that's more so Disney's teaming up with Ghibli, because yeah. that was a more recent acquisition. Yes, this, to my knowledge, is the only Ghibli film that Disney has no hand in whatsoever, which makes sense. It's a I could very see personal why. story. What do you think of the music in this? We've been talking music a lot these last yeah, couple of Yeah, uh, it's fantastic. It's it, it None of it like truly stood out to me, but I also thought it was just very good throughout. I watched yeah. this over the course of a couple of days. I just found it a little intense to watch all at once. So uh, the fact that I could just jump back into it, I think, speaks highly of the music as well. Yeah, Ghibli, their music is pretty consistent throughout all their movies. It's a lot of piano and violin-heavy orchestra. And I'm not sure if they use the same composer for each movie, but they all feel relatively similar. This movie is just like, you spend an hour and a half with these characters just surviving for what is it a couple months i think yeah. it covers and they go from living with their their mother to the aunt to no one yeah. and it's it's very devastating just not without spoiling too much these characters just they go through hell like they really do and I highly recommend watching it. Go in yeah. blind as much yeah. as possible. I went in pretty blind, and I really liked it. Yeah, the uh, the one thing I liked about it is that though there there is the unseen ally forces that are honestly the the closest thing to a villain. No, no character you see really comes off as terrible, except mm-hmm. maybe the ant. But even then, she's just stern and kind of. Um, that's the word I'm looking for. She's kind of resentful. Yeah. I mean, she's also stuck in a bad situation. So yeah. it's not like she's... They all are. Yeah. She's not... She's trying to make, you know, do the best she can for mm-hmm. herself and her family. So it, it's it's not... I mean, I'm looking at this from, you know, an adult perspective. If I was looking at it from a kid's perspective, I'd probably see her as, as more as cruel. Yeah. Yeah. If I was a kid, I'd, I'd try and get out of there as well. Yeah. It's, uh, it's such a... It's just an interesting way to tell that kind of story because it is from their perspective, mostly from the brother's perspective. He's you know watching over his sister, and she gets to be a little more carefree. And he's got to be fourteen or fifteen, but yeah. he's playing the role of a father, so he's oh, yeah. he's acting thirty, forty. Yeah, it's it's such an awful thing to expect of of someone who you know is barely old enough to take care of themselves to have to take care of of their mm-hmm. sibling. There's there's a lot, so a lot weighing on his shoulders, and I think he does a pretty good job, all things considered. Uh, 
I believe that the book this is based on was written by an older brother about his similar experiences towards the end of World War World War Two. So that would make sense because they it really captures the the emotions yeah. of these characters going through it. And I know we keep saying that, but we can't. I can't really stress it enough. Like this really nails the mm-hmm. the atmosphere and the tone of yes the end of a war. Yeah, there's not. The, the plot you can sum up in a few sentences, which is why we're not bothering with it, because I think it's important to just experience it as empty or going in as blind as you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's very well done. It's uh, it's very powerful. I just I think it's the kind of film I'm not going to be revisiting anytime yeah. soon. Uh, a lot of Ghibli movies are very fantastical and, and and fun and animated adventures, and this is just so brutally realistic that. I don't think I'll watch it probably for at least a couple of years. Yeah, it's it's interesting too because normally when you think of a World War II film, even a Japanese-based World War II film, it's mostly on the front lines. Mm-hmm. And to have people who have very little to do with the war, I, I mean, their, their father is off fighting in the Navy, I believe. Yes. And uh, that's the closest connection that they really have. You, you see planes flying over sometimes and that's about it. Yeah, it it really shows what life was like on the sidelines. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, do you have any any moments that stand out for you as a as a favorite moment? Um, I really liked the interactions with the brother and the sister while they were living at the aunt. Like yeah. the sister, you you could clearly see she was genuinely concerned about her mother, and nobody was really telling her anything. So it was just the brother comforting her over and over like she's gonna be okay she's gonna be okay but you know as a kid you go so long without seeing your mother like you know something's up yeah how about you uh there's one moment when they're walking along and the sister has had this tin of candy she's been eating the whole movie and she's out of candy there's nothing else in there and the brother takes it and shakes it and finds there's one bit of a few pieces congealed together so he pour some water in and shakes it and makes this drink out of it because she's miserable without that candy and he's just make, making it last a little bit longer and it was that's a really good scene yeah i think it's a metaphor for the entire film basically oh, yes. <laughs> you gotta drag things out as much as possible yeah yeah would you watch a second one i don't really know where they could go with it but yeah. i would definitely you know between that and studio ghibli you know I trust what they do. I've never yeah. been let down by anything they've produced. There's a newer Ghibli movie called The Wind Rises that's... I'd, I would say it's a, a brother film to this. It's about the guy who created the kamikaze plane, and it's just about his life and his family and how he came up with the idea for the planes. And it's a similar tone to this. It's it's a character study about a Japanese man. It's a little more close to the front lines in this, but it's equally as riveting, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's that's about all I have to say about about that. I do highly recommend people check it out. Mm, it's agreed. it's on Hulu right now, which is where I watched it. But there are several different releases available, from what I understand. Yeah, there's been multiple dubs throughout the years. Yeah. But I recommend this and any other Ghibli movie. Yeah. Same. <laughs> cool. All right, uh, let's move on to The Pianist. Yeah, so 
The Pianist is a 2002 film that was directed by Roman Polanski. It's based on a book called The Pianist by uh, by Spillman. I can't pronounce the first name. I think they only ever say it once in the film. Yeah, he just and, goes by Spielman. Yeah, and uh, it is about. It's also about surviving. It's about a Polish Jewish uh, pianist who's trying to survive during the invasion of Poland, and it's it's you know kind of showing a different side of the Holocaust. Like we normally see the camp side of it, and this they're they're decidedly absent. I think the only the closest thing you see are people being liberated from the camp and returning to mm-hmm. to their field. It's um This is also a very upsetting film. This was uh This was a lot heavier than I was expecting it to be. Yeah. It um I'd only seen the first twenty five minutes or so a few years back and uh honestly the first twenty five minutes or so there's not a lot to say for the film. Yeah, like it's it's, it, it's basically setting up the character dynamics between Spielman and his family. Yes. And showing that he is a you know, a virtuoso pianist and yes. that's about it. And it, you know, Adrian Brody definitely earned his Oscar on this one, which uh, I think he's the youngest person to win best actor. But in the beginning he just doesn't really do a whole lot. Yeah. He gets his performance gets better or he, when he's given more to do, it becomes clearer how good his performance is. Yeah, the it's it's a slow build for his character specifically. Like you kind of just sit back and watch him go about his daily life until uh, the Germans invade, and then it's basically him and his family just moving from from neighborhood to neighborhood until eventually he gets separated from them, and that's when Adrian Brody really shines. Yeah. Because he's he's kind of going a little crazy, you know. He there's a few great scenes where he is in a room with a piano, and then eventually, not you know, doesn't have a piano at all available, and he's still managing to practice without playing music, and you get to, to hear it in his head and and all these things. And he's he's surviving largely on luck, which I thought was an interesting choice. I mean, it's it's based on a true story. It's apparently pretty it's... accurate. It's luck, and he happens to know the right people. Yes, and that it it goes to show it's all about who you know. Yeah. Like if if he wasn't friends with that Jewish cop, he would have just been shipped off to another camp. Yeah, and if he wasn't an exceptionally talented pianist, he wouldn't have been able to impress some people. He wouldn't have known mm-hmm. or wouldn't have had some of these connections. It's 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 a really interesting story. It's. It's very brutal, just emotionally as well. There's not, there's more violence on it than I was expecting, but there's not a ton. Yeah, and it's not really in your face. It's a lot of background violence, yeah. and that I think that really captures how it was back then. Granted, I wasn't alive or involved in that, but that's how I imagine it was. Yeah. It's not, it's not the same in a lot of ways as Schindler's List. I think they'd make interesting companion pieces because yeah. they're showing different sides of this horrible tragedy, but they're doing it in very different ways. Um, oddly enough, in some ways, Schindler's List is a livelier film, which mm-hmm. I know is not a thing to say about. I think Schindler's you know, List offers more hope than this one. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's kind of yeah. strange to say, considering Schindler's List takes place mostly as at a concentration camp. Yeah. And this is just like a boarded off neighborhood in Warsaw. But 
everything that happens to Spielman in this just knocks him down further and further. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's a devastating performance. The, um, one thing I was noticing is that the, the colors just keep fading out of the, out of the film. In the beginning, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of earth tones. There's a lot of Browns, a lot of reds. And as it goes on, they all just fade out and, it just becomes lots of grays, whites, you know, off-white colors, until every until everyone gets liberated and all the color comes back. It's it's pretty intense. Um, I think we do need to you know take a moment to discuss. Uh, you know, Roman Polanski is a problematic director. Yeah, he's been the hot topic of some controversial things in yeah. the last what ten years, twenty years. Yeah, he um. He was both the victim of and the perpetrator of some pretty awful things. Uh, he did himself survive in a ghetto for a while. He was, you know, he was Jewish in in Poland, and he uh, came to America. And his wife was brutally murdered, and that that's awful. That's horrifying. And then a few years later, he took advantage. He drugged and took advantage of a young woman, and that's not acceptable under any circumstances. So. He's been in exile for decades, and it's one of those things where you have to kind of separate the artist from the art to a degree, because I don't think anyone who had not experienced some of these things could make this film. Yeah. But it's also like, do you want this person to be making films at all? It's it's a tough call, because as problematic as he is, he's made some of the best films in cinema, including Rosemary's Baby. Which is an all-time classic. Yeah, uh, Chinatown is my favorite of Chinatown. Those, I think. Repulsion. Yeah. yeah, I think all those came out before you know the worst yeah. of the things that he did. But of course, yeah, those were sixties. Yeah. yeah, and I mean this this film won best director. It did not win best best picture. Chicago won best picture that year for some reason. Um, but this did win the Palme Noir at Cannes yeah, Film Fest. It's it's one of those things where everyone acknowledges that. Polanski did some awful things, but we kind of let him sort of get away with it. Like he hasn't been extradited, or he hadn't been for some. Not time. at this point. More recently yeah. is when more people started speaking out against him. Yeah, he was removed from the academy a few years ago, and yeah, he did eventually serve some time. And I think and he that. won another award not too long ago, and nobody applauded he didn't even show up to get it i can't recall what movie that was for though that wouldn't surprise me because he hasn't really i mean the ghostwriter was was a decent film and uh stuff like that but it's like it's it's such a difficult line to walk because yeah he's made some great films but at the same time the guy you know he's a bad person yeah he's a he's a bad guy and the things that happened to him don't excuse the things that he did. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, this is a slightly harder film to recommend, partially th- because of those problems. I think that that would be the last straw for someone on the fence about it. Yeah. But I would recommend it to anyone who's a fan of classical music or history. Yeah, the... Um, all the scenes of him playing piano, even the even the ones when he's in that that, that house at the end, mm-hmm. um, 
even though everything is horrible, it's still shot like he's, you know, the best musician ever. And he's fantastic. He's really good. They used some of the actual recordings of Spielman playing, and they overdubbed that onto the, the, score, onto the, the film. So that's actually the, the historical Spielman playing, which is really cool. Um, and Adrian Brody learned piano enough to mime along when it's a shot of him and you see his hands. It's actually him following the motions. Yeah. And then they do a close up and that's a piano dub. Yeah. Or a, a stunt musician. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Anytime you only see his hands, that's a, that's a double. But I, yeah. one thing against this movie, I thought that was a little jarring because it, it's noticeable if, yeah. if you're into editing, you, it's very obvious. It's not Adrian Brody anymore. And that kind of took me out of the movie. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things a little bit too. I think of like, oh, so they had to get, they had to get some, piano double to come in and like yeah. put his wardrobe on and sit there and play piano even though his hands look very different from adrian brody's he's coming his his arms are different lengths so it's yeah it's one of those things you kind of notice it's like well that's not you have to forgive it though because yeah. some of those piano pieces are incredibly difficult yeah. those are i mean those are world-class virtuoso performances of incredibly difficult pieces so yeah. it's not like anyone with a you know even like a year of practice could get there like yeah it's it's forgivable, but it did yeah. kind of take me out a little bit. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, he—he's an actor. He's not a—he's yeah. not a professional pianist. It's—it's yeah. it's not, a, you know, a lot of actors can learn enough to play an instrument to, to make it appear like they're doing it. I mean, there's that, uh, uh, what, was a Meryl Streep movie? I think. Um, Music of the Heart, where she learned, she played piano well, or played a violin well enough that it looked like she was playing violin. And that's yeah. difficult to do, so. For sure. And it takes time to learn music. Oh, absolutely. And you know, you play guitar, right? <laughs> I play guitar, I um, yeah. play a couple of instruments. Piano is not, I'm not very good at piano. It's tough. Because it, it, I mean, you it's have to. It's all hand-eye coordination. There's and a ton of that. Too. And if you, it, it's very responsive to how hard you hit the key. Mm-hmm. So you have to have intense control because he's changing vo- he's changing tempo he's changing volume, it's really impressive, impressive stuff. Um, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> was there a scene that really stood out to you in this one? Um, I, I think the scene that the two scenes of most to me were, the one when he was at his friend's house and they have a piano there and he's miming playing the piano above the actual piano because he doesn't want to make any noise. Yeah. And you can just, you can see his heartbreak. And then when he, when he's basically being forced to play for a Nazi soldier, otherwise he's going to get killed and he still just gets super into it because he hasn't played in forever and he misses it. I think that was my favorite scene in the whole movie. Yeah. It's because you, I mean, you can tell that, it's a tense scene, but he goes about it with such ease because yeah. it's what he knows and loves. And it's such a, it's such a performance, both in yes. terms of piano playing and in terms of acting. I mean, he's he's completely in. He doesn't he doesn't care that he hasn't he's barely eaten in weeks. He doesn't care that he's freezing. That he's you know, he might get shot in any second. He's just feeling them. He hasn't had a chance to play piano like that in a very long time. And at that point, I think if he was killed while playing piano, he would have been happy. Yeah, it's it's such an interesting scene in a in a very interesting film. 
Yes. That that uh, I really appreciated. Would you watch a pianist too? I mean, there's a lot to his life after that. He continued to play piano for another fifty something years. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's some interesting things about that period of time. Uh, we never found out what happened to the soldier. Uh, we don't really know what happened to him, but I think it said he was presumed dead in a camp. Yeah. Like a holding camp. Yeah. And I don't really feel too bad for that guy because he was a Nazi. <laughs> so. Yeah. Like, yeah, he did some good things, but at the end of the day, he's yeah. a Nazi. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if there's more out there about Spielman, I think it'll be interesting to um, to see what that is. If there's, uh, yeah, apparently he, you know, he, he worked as a composer as well. Um, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page right now. So, I mean, there's probably nothing as cinematic as what he what he did during the war, but it would still be interesting to see what yeah. happened after that. How, how about you? Any? Uh... I would personally rather see Adrian Brody in another biopic because he's a really good actor who's kind of gone on to do some odd movies. Yeah. Like... Um, Splice, which is one of my favorite sci-fi horror movies, but yeah, like he, Adrian Brody, doesn't get the the credit he deserves. Yeah, he's. I mean, he won the Oscar for this. He's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, it it took a while for me to realize exactly what he was doing because he's so reserved throughout mm-hmm. most of the film to the point where it almost feels like he's wooden. But then you realize, oh wait, he's just holding all his emotions in. Okay, yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, I. Brody rules. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a great actor. He's got an interesting style, but he's he's kind of faded a little bit. I'm not sure what that's about. He kind about. of reminds me of a more subdued Jeffrey Combs. I can totally see that. So he's, those two in a maybe Dr. Yeah. Jackal kind of movie could be fun. Yes, yeah, so that's all I have to say about these. So they yeah. both recommend in terms of quality, but they are emotional journeys. That, yeah, they, uh, they'll beat you down. Yes. By the end of, uh, I watched The Pianist first, and by the end of that, I was like, I really don't think I could do another one of these. Yeah, I I did the opposite. I watched uh, Grave of the Fireflies first. <laughs> it wasn't any better. So they're, they're luckily, both, uh, uh, luckily for they, me, Fireflies was only ninety minutes instead yeah. of two and a half hours. Yeah, that's the that's the the main. I think the thing that makes uh, Pianist worse is that it's longer. Mm-hmm. Not not worse, just more emotionally intense. Harder to things. get into. Yes. And it, it just beats you down for two hours and 25 minutes, and then that yeah. last five minutes, it's like, oh, it's not all bad. It's not, you know, the worst thing ever. You know, there's yeah. some some good things happened after this was done. Yeah. Got uh, some class uh, class grade um, music Ma? out of it. Yeah, yeah. music as well. Uh, yeah. But, so... Oh. Uh, for next week, we had discussed um, covering uh, some films about gentrification in in California. We had talked about blind spotting and the uh, the film The Last Black Man in San Francisco. I'm excited for both of yeah. these. I heard very good things about both. And then after that, because we've had a couple of brutal episodes in a row, we've talked about uh, the new Seth Rogen film, An American Pickle, <laughs> and then tying that into uh, Encino Man so we'll, we'll get to uh, to let loose a little bit after a yeah. couple of weeks of really intense things so, so 
So yeah. join us for the next, next few weeks as we get into some pretty intense stuff and then let off some steam a little bit. And some new movies, finally. American Pickle just came out. I'm really excited for that, and I'm a big Seth Rogen fan, so... I'm excited for... These next couple weeks are going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for all of these. Yeah. So, thanks for listening. there was a commercial a couple of years ago with him and I think Snoop Dogg in it and it's like those guys actually look really a lot alike and my dad was like what do you mm. mean one was black yeah but their faces look alike like <laughs> yeah they're different colored skin but their faces look very yeah. similar <laughs> so that would, I don't know that could be like I think Snoop is like 10 or 20 years older than him but it would be funny to see uh, is Snoop that old? he's older than you'd expect I think he's Adrian Brody is we're getting really off topic. <laughs> Adrian Brody was born in 73. Okay. Uh, what was this? Um, Snoop Dogg was born in 71. So actually they're okay, pretty close. So. But I think they, they're, other than the obvious, their faces look very similar to me. Yeah. <laughs> then again, one of them smokes a shit ton of pot and the other one does not, to yeah, my he, knowledge. <laughs> he has a guy on his payroll just to roll blunts for him. Hey, you know. If you got the if, money. If you got the money for it. <laughs> some of those employees probably are going to hit the gutter. We just need some to, uh, yeah. to lighten up a little bit. For sure. Um, um, yeah. There's a video on YouTube called Brody Quest. I highly recommend you watch it right away. All right. I will uh, do that. It's called Brody Quest. It'll probably be the first one that pops up. I'll check that out. And listeners should yeah. check that out as well. <laughs>